For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in the fight game. Hello everyone, this is Charles Yao with Believe in the Fight Game on the Believe Podcast Network. Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team and every sport in LA and more. We believe in sports. Do you believe? Three, da- three daughters, but the first one is from a previous marriage from, from Rose. Rose, yeah. And then a niece that lives with us, too. How about numbered? Grossly. Are, are you going to be pushing for a boy? That's it. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> sure, if you want a babysitter, that's fine. <laughs> right? <laughs> Come on. One, one child's easy, right? No, we had, we had the one, and then she got pregnant again. and then Because I, I thought the first one was a, a boy. And it wasn't. And then the second one, I'm like, it was a completely different pregnancy, which was Haifa. I'm like, cool, it's a boy. And it wasn't. I'm like, damn, I'm going to kill myself now. Two girls. <laughs> That's three all right. girls. You're just going to have to raise, like, a, a bunch of little Ronda Rouseys at this point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, the, that's the, kind of the goal. With, um, when you started in Taekwondo, was that kind of like, I'm going to be into martial arts, or was it like the wrestling part? No, no, I mean, I, I, think, I think once it, uh, once I started wrestling, I mean, I, I consider that, I mean, I don't remember anything I was doing when I was, you know, five, six, seven years old doing that stuff. Right. You know, but wrestling, wrestling is where I kind of started putting it all together. That made more sense to me, and that's what I, what I would consider the start of my martial arts. And, and with wrestling, because MMA wasn't prevalent, Yet at that point? No. Well, it just started. When I started wrestling, it was 92, and then the UFC came out in 93. Right. And I really didn't even hear about the UFC until 94. I didn't see it until 94. So. And then Hoist Mania hit yep. at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to the legendary fight, 2009, mm-hmm. you injured your knee. Was it within the first minute? Probably. Uh, it, what happened it was there? Probably, it was probably closer to 2003. Oh, 2003. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I hadn't had any issues with that. I had torn my ACL before, and I had a full recovery. I had torn it about a year before, and it felt fine. And it took about a year for me to have, to feel comfortable, no pain, felt like I could, as if it was never happened. It took about a year. And I trained for this fight in, in New Mexico. I was up in Big Bear, and, and uh, at the time, I wasn't really, you know, seeing eye to eye with the promoter and the whole thing, and so I ended up fighting. I told him I would fight, so I'd fought, I fought, and then um, the first 15 seconds of the round, I, the first punch I threw, I slipped. The mat was wet from a previous match, uh. and that, for whatever reason, just made it go. And, it, and what go, what's going through your mind at that point? Um, Are you like at first? I actually followed through and got a takedown, and I was just kind of thinking like, "What? What was that?" You know. 
and uh, with adrenaline and everything else, I mean, I felt some pain, but it wasn't like a crazy amount of pain. So I didn't really realize it until I started, I kept fighting and I kept throwing punches and falling. I felt it was completely unstable. So I, was, I started shifting all my weight to my back leg. And anytime I would commit to anything, it would go. So it kind of went over and over. And throughout, even moving on the ground, it was kind of shifting and stuff. So <laughs> it wasn't good. But, but you, I mean, I think that was the point. I, I saw the Victor Davila mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the lineage came from like, wow, this guy is a nasty guard, super nasty guard, meaning you. Mm-hmm. And is that all attributed to Carlson Gracie at that point still? Yeah, I think the vast majority of my attacks and patterns and stuff were kind of Carlson style. The, um, the philosophy I follow where I, when I went with Victor, I was going really slow and I was taking my time. That was kind of more the alio side. So I kind of try to be somewhere in the middle and try to use better timing to use those attacks. So it's kind of a blending of the two now at this point where before I would just kind of go and go and go and try to take whatever I could. Now I take whatever you give me and, and when you give it to me rather than trying to force it so much. Right. Which is like in the past 10 years, I think the biggest growth that I've had has been philosophically, it hasn't been technically. I mean, yeah, my technique has gotten better because of the philosophy that I follow now when I'm sparring and rolling. The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. I wish I had Bet Online when Robert Ori made that three, because I really thought the Lakers were going to lose that game against the Sacramento Queens, per what Shaq quotes them as. But no, I didn't have it at that time. But yes, this time I'm going to be betting on the Lakers. I think they got a great chance taking the title during this COVID period. So take full advantage of sports being back. And get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there's always the online casino as well, so it never closes. What you have to do is head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports books experts. Man, but but the thing is... That must have been the right transition at that point to learn the aggressive Carlson to the Helio method mm-hmm. once you were intermarried to the family. Um, well, I mean, I mean, just nothing was working. Nothing I was doing was working. And I had to figure out what I can do to start making things work a little bit better than what they were working. And going after the boys wasn't working. They would just kind of do what I do now, just kind of defend and wait to for me to get tired then when they would start their attack sequences. It's much easier to beat somebody when they're tired than when they're fresh. So that's kind of the old man's philosophy is let them burn right. their energy and then take advantage of the opportunity that they give you when they give them to you rather than just trying to overwhelm people. If you could overwhelm people, the old man would say like, if you could just overwhelm them, take them down, control them out and do your thing, do that. But it always comes a point where you're going to run into somebody that you're not going to be able to do it to it. So now, if you have no backup plan, now what do you do? So, you know, I'll kind of feel what people are doing. I take my time. As I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot more patient to where I can take my time. I'm in no real rush to tap you. I, for me, the journey is just as fun as the end result. Would you, would you say Hiran is mostly responsible yeah. for that? Well, what's it like rolling with Hiran? Miserable. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty miserable. I mean, nothing works on him. So I have to be real careful 
not to give anything and, and, and try to set things up. But it's very difficult when nobody's giving you, when somebody's not giving you anything. You have to make things happen, but not expose anything either. So it's kind of a, a very cat and mouse with him. It's very so, difficult. So besides family, family aside, between the Galvao Huron Gracie match, do you, which style would you favor? I mean, does Galvao have any merit it, it to what he was saying? It depends on, on the rule set and depends on the time. The longer that match went, the more Galvao was going to eventually get caught, I thought. And we all knew that. It, it's just, could we do it within a 20-minute window? You know, could he do it within a 20-minute window? The longer the match went, the more Galvao started to fade because he, he was obviously trying to catch him. And, you know, I was just defending. And I knew he wasn't going to catch him. You know, guy's basically impossible, almost impossible to catch. So, especially when you're close to his weight, it's going to be real hard to catch him because he doesn't open up. He doesn't give you anything. And he takes his time. And he's not afraid of being mounted and not afraid of being on his back. And that gives a huge advantage to where if you're comfortable in side mount and mount and giving up your back and you're okay and not panicking, it's a huge advantage because if they're working at 90% and you're working at 20%, it's only a matter of time before it shifts, they get tired, boom, you escape, now you're on top, now they're tired. So that's kind of the mentality. You know, I, I want to be able to defend at a lot lower energy level than you are attacking. And if I can do that for a prolonged period of time, you're going to fade. Do you think it, it's at this point where you prefer to defend more now instead oh, of attack? I'm fascinated with defense. Wow. Fascinated. I love letting everybody pass and mount. I just rolled with Jean-Jacques Machado. Uh, on Monday, he says, I'm annoying. I'm like, great. So it's working. He's like, yeah, it's great. You know, you're doing great. So being able to stop guys like that and um, completely shut people like that, that's my goal. I'm not there yet, but that's my goal. If I can stop guys like that from beating me, very, so few, very few will be able to do it, you know. So I'm curious, how did that go with, against Jean-Jacques? Uh, what was your game me. plan he at that me. point? I mean, it, he caught me. It took him a while, but he, he eventually caught me, you know. But it's cool. Yeah, I mean, Professor Jean-Jacques, he's such a wizard. I mean, at, at that guy point. was a black belt long before I even started training. So I don't, I'm not trying to beat him, you know. I'm just trying to learn and test myself. That's that's. The way I look at it. Did he get to show you any new stuff or just No, I asked stuff? him. I asked him, like, you know, what did he feel? He goes, you do, you're doing fine. So he, he invited me to come back. He Basically, him and his guys. Would, you know, so I don't know how often I'm going to go down there. It's kind of, kind of far. but From here, right? From yeah. here, it's a little bit of a drive. But, um, I mean, I'm sure I'll stop by there from time to time. Can you feel a substantial difference in motion and, and force when, when someone's trained in MMA jiu-jitsu? Versus just pure jujitsu. Yeah, the MMA guys tend to muscle things a lot more. They're a lot less patient. Ah. Their technique is a lot more raw. It's, there's a lot more holes in it, but they're just able to get away with a lot of things because they're fast and strong and athletic. So um, it's not as smooth generally, not all of them, but the vast majority are not as smooth. They're just kind of... And then they have a very defined game to where they do a couple things really well, but they're not very well-rounded or very... Um, their knowledge base isn't really deep. They do a few things really well, and then that's, you know, the deep, it's a very shallow knowledge pool. Whereas a lot of the traditional jiu-jitsu guys, guys are just grappling. Right. Obviously have a deeper, deeper um, arsenal of stuff to choose from. But MMA guys, remember, that's just one aspect of what MMA is. They still got the takedowns and the striking. Obviously, they're more, you know, their depth of knowledge in those arts is deeper than jiu-jitsu guys. So it's kind of a balance. And for me, I try to balance everything 
try to be very balanced striking takedown wise and with the jiu-jitsu so try to have a, a very deep pool in each in each uh art so if if you had an mma guy approach you mm-hmm. what would be like your assessment uh, on how to like hey javi dude you've done mma i need to improve my jiu-jitsu in mma i would i would i would roll with them okay i would strike with them i would wrestle with them and i would do all all of it at the same time and see because they they might wrestle great they might do jujitsu great they might do stand-up great independently but once you blend them they get overwhelmed so i like to take each individual let's roll for 15 20 minutes let's strike for 15 20 minutes let's wrestle for 15 20 minutes and then let's blend it for 15 20 minutes you know and see sometimes it's even less than that sometimes it's five ten minutes you know but let's see because you can evaluate a lot yeah i can feel what you're doing i can feel where you're strong i can feel where you're weak you know, it's pretty easy for me. And I can tell when, when I do certain things in the strap, I'll change the rhythm, I'll change the amount of striking I'm doing, the amount of grappling, how I'm attacking, how I'm defending, and kind of feel their attack patterns or defensive patterns. Or I can assess it because I can do all of it. I'm comfortable everywhere and I'm not really freaked out. And I can go at a controlled pace where I'm not hurting them. And, you know, and I can defend myself to where they're not hurting me also. So, what, Where do you feel... Um MMA is how MMA is viewed by jiu-jitsu guys because, you know, there's, 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 um, there's a faction that says, you know what, that's not pure jits. That's not my thing. Um, it's a lot more pure than what a lot of the sport guys are doing because at uh, least they're addressing strikes. At least they're enlightened. Yeah, so I think a lot of jiu-jitsu, pure jiu-jitsu people are kind of not fooled, but, but um, naive to the fact that they think that they're training jiu-jitsu for self-defense, and they're not. They're training for sport, which is fine. But you have to understand how to address strikes. You have to understand how to manage distance, how to clinch, how to take people down. A lot of guys just pull guard. How are you gonna, you're just going to pull guard in a fight? No, the guy's going to posture and hit you in the face. So right. um, you have to understand how, how to address strikes from the guard, from standing, how to manage the distance, how to take people down, use the wall, defend against the wall, use the wall to get up, all these things, you know. But the thing about most MMA guys is that they, they learn the bare minimum. They learn the basic armbar, the basic triangle, basic guard defense to not get their guard pass and get up maybe a sweep or two and then they get up that's all they're doing on top they learn a couple of basic guard passes couple, a little bit of striking basic armbar ba- basic head and arm choke maybe, maybe a basic kimura and then that's it there's not that many setups there's not that much going on um but they're good at those moves like they've sharpened that they've so sharpened, much right? yeah it's like that 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 concept of you know you fear a man that knows a thousand kicks or a man who knows one kick and has practices a thousand times to where they understand the setup, the movement, the timing, the angle. They understand that stuff. So they've taken those core little group of MMA moves. Because remember, that, that's not the only thing they have to practice. They have to practice striking. They have to practice wrestling. And there's a clinch game. And there's a clinch Oof. game and, and kicking and punching, all these other things. So they have to kind of take the best out of jiu-jitsu or what they were perceived to be the best out of jiu-jitsu, the best out of striking, the basics out of striking, the basic out of wrestling. And then that's their MMA game, and they, they try to get that better, but they don't really, a lot of guys don't enlighten themselves and try to go deeper into each individual art. They kind of take the basics and just try to get better. You know, so generally their defense, they know one or two defensive things, and they're good. They know one or two offensive attacks, and they're good. Mostly what they're doing is defense to not get caught, so they can get back up to the feet and knock them out. That's been the transition and, and, and the evolution in the game now to where most guys aren't trying to submit you. They're trying to survive, get back up to their feet, and knock you out. So it becomes basically kickboxing with takedowns, you know? So where do you side? I think the vast majority of jiu-jitsu in MMA is terrible. 
Um, okay. But um, there are some really good guys out there. Um, and, and you could see that they're blowing through guys, you know, guys like Jacques, guys that are, that are jiu-jitsu guys that are very high level that can take people down. Because you have high level jiu-jitsu guys that can't get a takedown, doesn't do them any good, and they can't strike. So they're very um, specialized in that one art. So you have to be well-rounded. But like, I remember when I first started, you know, it was like, man, if, you, if you're a great kickboxer, if you can just stop a takedown so you can become a high school wrestler. I like Chuck liddell Yeah, but, but the level was a lot less. I mean, back in 97, it's like, well, if you're like a purple belt and then you had college wrestling and you had basic striking, you you're were good. great. You're great. You're one of the best guys. Now it's like you have to have a black belt in jiu-jitsu. You have to be really, you know, high level at wrestling or at the very least stopping takedowns. And then, you know, your striking has to be at least solid you know so the level just raised and the more the years go on you're gonna have to be an excellent boxer an excellent kickboxer and a black belt jiu-jitsu an amazing wrestler with takedowns and defense you know so the level the package of what it took to be an mma fighter has slowly you know gone up over the years and now it's like i remember the days were like man imagine if you were a black belt in jiu-jitsu a world champion muay thai guy and a division one wrestler now you're starting to see guys like that who boxed when they were kids that wrestled when they were kids and now they're starting to get into jiu-jitsu and their jiu-jitsu is really at a high level so you're starting to see this evolution to where now everybody knows everything now it's a matter of um, individual fighter strengths and qualities and being able to break people down individually and, and film studying, con- strength and conditioning and timing and strategy and now be- has become a very different thing than it, would, it was originally intended for. Yeah, like so, someone like Joe Schilling, who's an animal, right? Mm-hmm. Complete beast, like Blanca Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then now he's getting into Bellator. Would you see Bellator as kind of like, no disrespect to UFC, I want to make that clear. Uh, but is Bellator kind of like the D-League or the practice league before you get to the high level of UFC? Um, is that the right path? I mean, certain, I mean, look, the, the, the problem with, with going into the UFC when you're not ready is, is you're going to be getting guys that if you're a great kickboxer, they're going to look to take you down. That's just the way it is. Right. So you don't have that many, and their matchmaking is tough. So you don't have that much time in the UFC to develop your skills. You have to be already a polished product when you get there to begin with, rather than being able to polish within the the UFC. Within the UFC. Now they do do that for certain guys that they feel marketable, um, and they kind of protect certain guys to a certain degree. But the protection only lasts two, three, four fights at the most, and eventually you're going to have to run into a nail. Whereas a show like Bellator or some of the lower level shows, not saying that Bellator is lower level because they have a lot of good fighters, but anybody, let's say, below Bellator. um, You can kind of pick and choose your opponents. Maybe you're a good striker and not so good at takedown fence, so you get just a pure jiu-jitsu guy or somebody who doesn't have great takedowns so you can showcase your skills, buys you some three, four, five, six months that buys you some more time to get a little bit better at your takedown defense. Maybe you fight a little bit better takedown guy and you beat him and it gives you, buys you another three to six months. Tons of posturing then and chest maneuvering. Exactly. And, and that's realistically, if you have a prospect, that's the way you should bring them up. You just can't throw them to the fire too soon. You test their skills. You, you, if you're a striker, you put them against... A basic wrestler with decent submission so he can stop the takedowns. He's not going to be in so much danger of being caught. Get back up to his feet to build the confidence to build and to build the skills. Then you give him a little bit better wrestler, maybe a little better jiu-jitsu guy, maybe a little better striker. Now you put him against a better striker than him. Now he's got to work to take him down. So now you're trying to polish their skills and make them well-rounded. And when they, 
when you can put them against a guy that, that, can, that can test them, a, a name, an established veteran, a guy who's been around and, and he beats them, now you're okay, now you're ready for the next level of guys. And you try to do the same thing at the, at the next highest level, whether it's Bellator or the UFC or, where, or whatever it may be. And, but just know when you get into the big show, unless they really like you or they see something in you or maybe you're very young, 22, 23 years old with a lot of um, potential. And ring charisma. And right? ring charisma, being able to, 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 to sell fights on the mic and, and you have a following, whether on Twitter or Instagram or whatever the case may be, where you know how to promote yourself. Now it becomes a complete package. Now you have to be a good fighter. Um, that fights in an exciting fashion. So winning fights is no longer anymore. You have to be able to finish with submissions or knockouts or both. You have to be able to sell a fight, be on the mic, be charismatic, be, uh, be knowledgeable of the business, not just fighting. Um, uh, be able to, um, you know, be personable, be, be, be able to, 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 to have a good interview. So now it's a complete package on top of winning fights. And on top of winning fights, you have to win fights exciting. You have to be able to finish. So it's, it's, it's a much more different package that, that I think the promoters nowadays are needing or requesting than it was when I started. When I started, it was anybody that can fight or anybody that wants right. to do it, that has the balls to do it, go and do it. And then, you know, the, the wheat w- was, you know, slowly separated, you know, from the, whatever it's called, what did they say? The, the cream separates cream from the crop. Cream of the crop would slowly start to separate. And the guys that weren't very good would fall out. And the guys that were good would continue to fight each other and slowly build their levels up. So um, nowadays it's, you're already getting guys in schools that have all three elements that can coach you in a, posi- in a specific way, that can train you in a specific way. We had no training. We just went in there, balls to the wall every day, you know, sparring as hard as we could. Now, you know, you have your diet, you have your strength and conditioning, you have your, your jiu-jitsu coach, your striking coach. Your, 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 you have a jiu-jitsu coach, a striking coach, an MMA coach, a kickboxing coach, a boxing coach. Takedown, wrestling. Takedown coach, wrestling coach, you know, all the dietitian, whatever. Everything else. So that's why I feel like sometimes uh, for people to be UFC fighters, you got to start them at like a Tiger Wood age, Tiger Woods. Yeah, know, I five, mean, six, it, 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 it's old. getting it's getting there now. And if and what's going to start happening is you're going to see the the sons and, and daughters of these guys like me that that have been around, and we know exactly what to do and what not do because we've had the experience, we've made all the mistakes. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I know everything because I'm not smart. I know everything because I've made every mistake possible and I've just tried to learn from the mistakes and I still don't know everything. You know what I mean? Well, I think you hit the, the MMA portion at the, at the Renaissance, the rebirth, right? You know, the first start was really just, I'm solely from BJJ. I'm solely from yeah. Savat. Style against style. Correct. That's and then you hit the rebirth where Nogi grappling was getting strong. Yeah. This well, it was is, just starting. Right. There was no Nogi no, no grappling when I started. There was... Um, jiu-jitsu with the gi and then wrestling and then when we started doing mma we would take the gi off and just try to do submissions without the gi which for me was never really that big of a transition because i never really relied on the sleeves and the collars and the grips all that much and now i don't rely on it at all with the gi without a gi i'm just mostly just blocking using my body to to position myself but back in the day you know a lot of jiu-jitsu people you know would only wear the gi take it off they wouldn't know how to do anything and I never had that because of wrestling. I understand how to work grips without the gi. And I, you know, the gi was, and I still wear it to this day, but a lot of times it's just annoying. But I, do, I deal with it because I know when I take it off, I'm, I'm free. So it's not that big of a deal. You know? Let's say there's someone old like me in his 40s. Uh, wants to learn no gi, but is heavily injured. Like I have 400 mm-hmm. this. 
Four, three shoulder surgeries, torn hip labrum. Mm -hmm. Pretty badly injured. I've been advised, and I want you to react to this, uh, train with the gi because it's a lot less slower, but use your overhooks and underhooks instead of like lapel sleeves and What's the difference? Wristbands. What's the difference? I mean, you, it's all based on your training partners and training methodology and who's teaching you, you know. I can have a 60-year-old guy that wants to come in and learn no gi or gi, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, the gi is a slower game. It's a less explosive game, but that doesn't mean that you can't slow down no gi, if that makes sense. Um, you don't have to um, get into every exchange. You don't have to invite every exchange. You can wait for timing and work to get out slowly and gradually, just like everything else. Um, the, knee, the gi will naturally slow it down, but there is a way to slow it down, no gi. Now, if you're sitting there trying to rip and, and, and explode and be fast, yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it, it's obviously a little bit faster, but if you uh, let people pass and let people mount and work your defense as well, and there's no real danger. See, the, the reason why no gi tends to be a little bit more dangerous is because there's less control and guys are using less, are using more speed, but you're still having that same resistance from both sides. So you have one guy pushing one guy one way, one guy driving the other way, and things happen. You know, when there's that much, when there's that much um, resistance in, in either direction. But if you can say, if you're going to pass my guard with speed, and I just let it happen, when you relax, then I put you back in guard. You're still slowing it down. You're still regaining guard. You're still back to where you were going to be without stopping the guard pass but without having to exert all that energy to prevent the guard pass. So sometimes I'll let people pass just to put them back in my guard. Because it's easier to do that than to sit there and try to pass, or to prevent the pass. To prevent the pass, right. Initially, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's easier for me to resist a little bit, let you pass, let you stabilize, you relax, now I put you back in guard, than to sit there and to fight, fight the pass the entire time. Absolutely. I was going to make a statement, but it may be controversial between the gi and no gi people. So... You're the sage here at the moment. I, I, I am a gi and no gi guy. It doesn't matter to me. Right. You know? So here's my statement. You, you check me on okay. it. Uh, there's probably a little bit more lineage with gi people versus no gi people. I think there's a little, a little bit more structure, um, but that, I think that's slowly changing. I think the American people in general like no gi better. I think um, to both do... Um, it's not as hot, it's not as cumbersome, you're not getting choked as often. Submissions are a little bit tougher to come by, so people feel like they can survive a little bit longer. Um, the no-gi people are slowly starting to, and it's funner to watch. Absolutely. I think no-gi, because of the speed, the transitions and everything else, I th it's funner to watch. Gi, especially now, especially with the way the tournament system is, has been set up, um, to me, it's unwatchable. I can't watch gi grappling. It's, it's not because I don't like gi grappling, but because guys are so into grabbing and tying people up and just kind of preventing passing. And it's just so much. They've become so good at it that everybody neutralizes themselves. You have these guys with impossible guards to pass, so if you can't pass their guard, how are you going to tap them unless you drop on their legs? And in gi jiu-jitsu, there's no leg locks, like heel hooks and stuff. So now it's just, okay, straight foot locks, knee bars, compression locks. You know, so you're already limiting it, making it, you're making it impossible to pass. So then, okay, well, I only have this set of submissions left, leg locks, and you're cutting those in half. Right, which is really, you're giving them that low ceiling. Exactly. So there is less, I think, even though there should be more submissions with the gi, there's less because of the way the rule set is. 
and because how guys, how good guys have become at neutralizing each other. Um, so, so are you more enamored now with uh, in watching cage fights, cage fights in MMA? Are you still astonished at like submissions, or do you prefer no. knockouts? No, I, I think that um, the first of all, I think that the vast majority of MMA fights look exactly the same. Um, from Drive one show to the, to the next, huh? Drive them to the wall. Nah, that or you know, guys just stand up and fight because that has been what the UFC and what MMA, what what has been marketed as exciting, stand up knockouts and stuff. And if you can drop a guy, jump on him and submit him, that's exciting. That's great. But to be sitting there and actively working for submissions, working for takedowns, um, the people who make the decisions on what's exciting and what's not think that that is not as exciting. Because they're not effective. It, yeah, exactly. Because they're, you know, they want you to sit there and slug it out. But the smarter guy takes the guy down, grapples him, neutralizes him, wins a decision or works for a submission and gets a submission. The smarter guy. The guys who, who are now making more money and, and, and as a company and, and as individuals are making more money are the guys that fight like lunatics. But it's not good for your health and it's not necessarily, it's, it's rolling in the dice because one day you knock the guy out, the next day you get knocked out. So it's very hard to be consistent even if you're at a high level. Things happen, you get clipped with a bad shot, you get hit behind the head, you, know, you get caught on the way in. Uh, things happen. So it's very hard to be consistently winning by knockout with that kind of style, especially since guys are getting so much better now at striking and everything else. So now everybody's kind of neutral, not neutral, but equal. And since everybody's now equal, who knows who's going to win? I, I just think there's just like, uh, there's a big invisible elephant in the room where I think referees, because they don't understand grappling, like, you know, Professor Jean-Jacques says it, inch by inch. Yeah, it inch takes by a inch. second. And, it, and they fucking break them up so fast. Sorry, are your kids here? I, I no, it's fine. They've heard. Apologize. Um, they break them up so fast. Yeah, like I said, the entire game has been shifted away from grappling, if you've noticed. Um, damage is obviously, you can take a guy down, be all over him, or beat him up from your back. Beer bottle incest martial arts. Yeah, right guy there. beating the guy up, the guy gets a takedown, neutralizes him, beats him up on the ground, while the guy's standing got landed more shots, even though they might not have. Right. Um, the referees stand you up. Everything is geared towards stand-up. If they said, look, the takedown happens, you can't get up unless you get up on your own, fights go very differently. There's no stand-ups. The Agreed. Res the results of fights. So everything is shifted. The people who are making the decisions on what's exciting, what's not, and what goes and what doesn't are shifting it towards, you know, ultimate kickboxing, basically. Stand up with takedowns. And away from grappling. Unless you drop them and choke them. So because of that, the entire industry has shifted their training methodologies towards that style. Stand up, take down the fence, getting up from the bottom, no submissions, or very weak submissions. Hold on to the guy in guard for this, wait for the stand up. And that's the way the sport goes. So every fight looks exactly the same. So let's conjure up a solution. solution. If you had the hammer. I mean, there, there's a few solutions. I mean, the, but, but they're not necessarily, um, they're not necessarily gonna be popular ones. One. Break it down, brother. One thing that should happen, knees on the ground. Now guys can't shoot and just hold on to single legs forever. You shoot, you're gonna start getting knee in the head, you're gonna have to pull guard. That means you're gonna have to work a better guard or get out. Number two, um, which will never happen, no gloves. 
Mm. You take away gloves, guys aren't throwing us so hard. They're not You're throwing lying, so brother. Cool. It changes everything. Because you break your knuckle too. You break there, your knuckle, there's there's that aspect. Absolutely. So now, so now you're gonna have to either open hand them, use more elbows. That would change the game. Up kicks from the guard while the person is on their knees. That would change everything. Guys just can't sit there and ground and pound. No, because you'll get kicked in the face. So there's things that can change. Up kicks are, can, can happen. And knees on the knees to the ground. How about soccer kicks? Up. How do you feel about eh, that? I mean, One FC uses that quite a bit. Um, soccer kicks can be there and not be there. It doesn't really matter. I don't think they're they, they they not saying that they don't work, but I don't see that as big of a change because like up kicks from guard when the person's on their knees that happens all the time. Um, so, soccer kicks. I mean, it could happen, but you're giving a lot more space for guys to stand up and more space for guys to catch your leg and take you down. So. I don't see it that much of a difference. Um, it could make a difference because guys getting up can get soccer kicked on the way up. But, I mean, for me, I don't have a problem with making it legal. I think that should be legal. I think up kicks, up kicks from the guard is a big one. I mean, obviously, they're never going to take the gloves off, so that rule is never going to happen. But if you want to change the way that the landscape of the sport is, take the gloves away because you guys aren't going to be able to punch so hard. The gloves are there to protect the hand, not to protect the head. So the guys that are throwing crazy, you catch it the wrong way, you punch them the wrong way, break your knuckle, break your hand. Now that changes the outcome of a fight. Now you can't use that hand at all. Yeah, you may it's, aim for the chin more instead of the breaking, temple, right? Breaking your, Nose. Hand, breaking your hand with glo- with a glove on and breaking your hand with no glove on is two completely different things. Because the glove with the wrap still keeps everything snug. You break your hand and you can still punch because you have the padding of the glove. Because it's articulated this way still. Yeah, the, and, and you still have the padding of the glove. You punch somebody, break your hand with no, with no, with no glove. Now it's gonna blow up. Exploded. Yep, you're not gonna have a grip. You're, now everything changes. So I mean, there's a lot of things that that could change that will never change because now the, the 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 sport is geared for the knockout because that's what's exciting, and it's a, geared away from the grappler because that's not exciting. Well, that's perceived to not be exciting. We got to get you on the board. I'm I'm gonna put you on blast now. Okay. okay? Roy Jones Jr. or Mike Tyson? In their in their prime. In their prime. I mean, Mike Tyson. Who wasn't a Mike Tyson? But I am a big Roy Jones fan. Roy you know? Jones and is dope, Roy, man. Roy, Roy Jones. Um, Way crisper, a boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but Mike Tyson was a scary. Would you rather fight Roy Jones or Mike Tyson? I'll run over you with an F one fifty, man. I know him for shit out of those. Two. I would much rather no. fight Roy Jones than Mike Tyson, homie. Uh, who has a bigger legend in the sport? Sakuraba or Anderson Silva? Let's not factor the steroids. More uh, significant. Probably Anderson. That's but, not but, but, the Gracie in Sa- you saying? No, no. Sakuraba? No, 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 no. But, but, I mean, Anderson was around, was fighting around the time when Sakuraba was fighting too, and he was winning then. Upward elbow. Yeah, so. The Japanese dude. Yeah, so, um, so Anderson was there. You know, and, and, and Anderson, I think, surpassed him because as Sakuraba faded, um, Anderson stayed consistent and was actually on the upward trajectory. As he got older, he got better. And Sakuraba faded as he got older. So I would say Anderson. This is a, maybe easy for you, maybe a tough one. I'm hoping mm. it's a tough one. <laughs> Hena or Huron in a match? In a match? They can catch each other. I, I'm pretty sure they can catch each other, but... Hedon is far more miserable to roll with for me than Henner. Henner, Henner, Henner is more aggressive, 
but he, he goes for stuff and opens up. At least he tries to open up. He don't, will completely shut everything down until I get frustrated and tap me. Just more like a snake. Yep. Wrapping yep. his body Hanner, Hanner at least will exchange with me, um, you know, and, and he goes for stuff. But um, I think, I think he don't a far, for me personally, is a far more frustrating role. Um, but Hanner, Hanner is not much funner. I mean, it's like 1A and 1B. For me, it's 1A and 1B. Because they're both just as miserable for me. Right. But, but Hanner, Hanner will, I feel like, I feel a little bit more like human when I roll with Hanner. When I roll with Edon, I feel like a white belt. You know, Catch he'll, sh- re- he'll shut everything down. Catch wrestling or Sambo? Oof. I don't know. I'm not too familiar with either one. Um, probably catch wrestling over Sambo. But so, I mean, they're both, every, every art has its strength. And, and my thing is keep the strengths of the arts that are, you know, the best. Muay Thai or boxing? Um, I'm talking Thailand, miserable Asian, you, straight, you, linear look, look, Muay Thai. Look, 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 look. I prefer boxing. I, I, I enjoy boxing. I, I, I enjoy boxing rounds far more than kickboxing rounds. But as an effective art, um, I think Muay Thai is a more complete art. You have more weapons. So, so Muay Thai, Muay Friday night, Friday night, there's HBO yeah, boxing and there's WCK. I, I, I like, I like each in their own way. I, I enjoy both. So, um, but if you're going to be an MMA guy, you got to know everything. So, um, you got to know how to box, how to move and take the aspects from boxing, but you have to know how to throw up knees and elbows and kicks as well and check knees and elbows and kicks from kickboxing. So that's a tough one. That's, I mean, you got to know both, but I like boxing better generally. Thank you so much, Harvey. Right. Thanks for tuning in to the show. And please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories aside from iTunes, such as Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V-E.com. And Believe Podcasts on social media. Now, if you want to get at me personally, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Plug12. That's P-L-U-G-O-N-E-T-W-O. Hit me up and I'll read your questions or maybe even have you on the show. Believe in the fight game. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.